Mike and Andy. Should I start the show with fucking? That's probably bad, right? <laughs> well, it's a radio fiasco. <laughs> can, can fucking be the third word? <laughs> All right, look. It's Mike and Andy's radio fiasco. That's right. Okay, I'm Andy. That's Mike. And uh, Mike is going to explain the premise of this show now in a very concise way. I have seen shit that will turn you white. <laughs> I was debating giving you another Lord of the Rings intro, but... um. Yes, people. It's if, Ghostbuster season. If people want to know, uh, Mike and I technically recorded an episode of this, and we were very sleepy, and I decided we should record it again. And so, if you are a patron, that will be a, a bonus. Hey, I thing. also helped decide that too. No, it was just me. <laughs> I was aware that we were really shitty. I also have taste. Well, you were like, "This is the best work I've ever done, man," and I'm like, <laughs> "You could do better," you know. And so. Uh, anyway, that's up. That'll be up at some point for for patrons. If you want to hear Fiasco. what, exactly what you want to hear, some fucking behind the scenes nonsense. And we also didn't have a name for the show. And the whole show, I was trying to think of the name, and my brain was dead. And I just would pause and just kind of sit there for like, <laughs> like. And I let you because that was hilarious to me. <laughs> Nope. I've never been so off. I don't think I was really off that day. Like one of the <laughs> me saying I let you. Sounds like I was in control of what I was doing. I was probably even more off than you were. <laughs> um, one of the show titles that we came up with, i.e. chat GPT, was Harmoniclang. That's right. Which is a name of a transformer that Andy tried to invent with chat GPT. Yeah, it's really depressing that, uh, what do you call it, like a lost episode? But there's a there's a moment there where uh, I was like, is chat GPT better than us? <laughs> because... <laughs> Because, like, my brain was fucking dead. And it and, was. <laughs> until ChatGPT reinvigorated me with its ideas. And, like, wait a second. <laughs> I feel like the human element is... Uh... Anyway. Listen to how fast we are right now. This is amazing compared to the last one. <laughs> <laughs> the last one we opened up and I was like, uh, hey, I got, like, some free edibles at my store. <laughs> wait, they were free? Well, it was, a, it was he was a sampling. He was giving me a sample. Now I'm talking too fast. <laughs> you can't slow down. Ah! <laughs> You need to take some of them gummies. <laughs> so this is Mike and Andy's Radio Fiasco. All right. And on this show, Mike is the curator. I just, I'm just along for the ride. I'm the Keurig. I'm the Nespresso of the show. That is correct. And you have a, a playlist which is completely data driven to get all the latest that's not a joke. It sounds like I'm joking. No, it's not a joke. You explain. Okay, so it's based on the numbers that I export from Spotify. They're public-facing numbers, and it's not a curated playlist that I put together. It's compiled from, like, 20,000 different playlists. I was having a problem trying to wrangle all these curated shows and uh, playlists that these guys put out every week on Twitter. New tracks, new tracks, and artists are always like, put my track on your playlist, those kinds of things, and I feel like I was at 20 playlists and trying to make sense of it and make 
making a, a spreadsheet and trying to like keep track of new music. And I found some tools on GitHub and developers already put their free tools up there. I wound up using Frankenstein logic and mishmashed all these things together. And I wound up creating like a billboard chart that compiles a list that's based on numerical plays and recent popularity. So if I make my list, the numbers one through whatever are not my curated, but like based on all of Synthwave or at least as many playlists as I can get to. It's many, many years that I've been working on this. And so I'm on 4.0. I started in 2021 and now I have so much goddamn data. It's like 2.7 million pieces of data that I'm working with every week. And I've been wanting to make it public. And now here's a good opportunity to work on that while I have baby to focus on and I have some downtime during my weeks. So I'm doing the work to make it easy for fans to find brand new music in the Synthwave community that isn't just a person's singular curated playlist. To be clear, when I say curated, what I meant was... This episode, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the songs that you are going to play today are your picks from the list. So we're not literally just right. doing like, here's the top 10. Yeah. It's some of your picks taken from, from the top things. But the point is that you're basically taking data from all these disparate Synthwave-related playlists all over the internet and playlists that maybe are Synthwave-related but don't know it because they are not they don't have Synthwave in the title or whatever, but they're connected. Right. What makes me include a track, because I do sit and go through this, which is where all the work comes from, I look to see if an artist has, like, a bio that says, I'm a Synthwave guy, I make retrowave music, I do darkwave. Or um, if I can't verify based on their own stuff, I'll type the artist's name in a string search and then type Synthwave in Google and see if other playlists and other like YouTube channels and videos say, oh, hey, Trevor something. Yes, this is a Synthwave artist. That way it doesn't include like random R&B or random rock and roll or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. The point is then that you are a, a diligent man. I'm diligent. I am uh, Dillinger, mm-hmm. who's a bad guy from the 30s. <laughs> And the name of a gun. So let's get this thing started and listen to some music. All right. From the list, the retro power chart, that's what it's called. Ollie Ride. This is a matter of time.
Right, and that was A Matter of Time by Ollie Ride on today's Mike and Andy's Radio Fiasco. And I'm, I'm, I was supposed to say, I'm Mike. That's, that's where my brain's at right now. That's how good my idea is. You immediately want to steal it right in front of my face. <laughs> Yeah, it's Mike's awesome curated playlist. I don't know why I said curated, and I'm Mike. So I've gotten every detail wrong. All right. So while we have time to chat in between the songs, I wanted to talk about the big 2024 movies that are coming out this year because so many are sequels and so many are based on our nostalgia. So what are what are you excited about here? We're recording this the end of February, right? Yeah. Are we looking forward to Argyle? <laughs> Um, what about Roadhouse? What about Lisa Frankenstein? <laughs> I did say Frankenstein earlier. Mm. What do you care about the uh, Roadhouse? Did you see the trailer with Jacob Gyllenhaal? <laughs> I like your question. What do you care about Roadhouse? <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, like this is a thing. It's whether you care or not. I feel like Ghostbusters, everyone, it's such a big thing. Everyone has an opinion about it. Mm. But Roadhouse is like some people have never even heard of it. My only issue, honestly, with these remakes based on title recognition is why? If it's just a guy who's protecting a bar, but this time he's doing it with MMA instead of throat ripping or whatever, why call it Roadhouse? Like, just call it, like, you could literally just change the title and then it would, you, no one would be annoyed by the idea of it being a remake or whatever. Yeah, they could call it, like, The Bouncer. Sure. They call it anything. So, I mean, the trailer seems fine. Yeah. To be fair, I'm not a huge Roadhouse guy. Like, I think it's a fun movie, but I know people, like, love Roadhouse, and I've always been like, it's fine. Like, it's a cheesy B-fighting movie or whatever with Patrick Swayze. Like, it's got some funny lines, and it is entertaining, but I'm not upset that it's being remade. That's where I'm at, too. I like fighting. I like Jacob Gyllenhaal's muscles. (laughs) <laughs> he really got beefed up for this movie. It's insane. He could kill you with his neck. Wasn't he beefed up in Prince of Persia? Was he beefed up? No, like in Prince of Persia, I think he like kind of bulked up the way Charlie Sheen bulked up in Hot Shots Part 2. Mm. But in this Roadhouse trailer, he looks like a fighting character from a game. Like he's got too many muscles. You can see all of the lines. Do you think they do makeup? Like the lady comes in and like draws lines around the abs and stuff to accentuate them? Maybe. Hollywood. <laughs> I just started pondering this. It's a good thing to ponder. (laughs) We like how the sausage is made. Look, well, while we're thinking about the sausage, why don't you uh, play me another song? The next track from the chart, Mitch Murder, Flow.
right, that was Mitch Murder with the track Flow, a Mike and Andy's radio fiasco. We're talking about the upcoming movies of 2024 and listening to cool music while we do it. Next up for March, the big one, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Is that in March? March 22nd. It got bumped up from March 29th. Interesting. I think Godzilla comes out March 29th. Well, technically Dune Part 2 is first, right? Oh, is it? I think that's March 1st. I never saw the first one in IMAX. I don't think I'll have a chance to see the second one in IMAX, which I'm kind of bummed about. I did like how big the movie felt. The scale of it was really cool. I appreciate it. I found it a bit kind of slow and I didn't love it, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm happy it was made because I do like seeing grand scale sci-fi done properly. And it was cool and it had some cool ideas. There weren't any actors and characters who I were annoyed with. I kind of liked everybody. Isn't that, <laughs> it's so sad, but that is like the current state of modern movies where I come out going, oh, I didn't hate anybody. So I guess that was okay. Cause there's always characters that just piss me off and there aren't a lot of characters that I am truly blown away. Like remember watching the dark Knight and Heath Ledger's Joker and just being like, what a weird memorable performance. Or when I watch like uh, there will be blood or whatever i know i'm like citing super famous performances but like from 2007 yeah, 2008. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time it's like you come out of the movie and like wow what a fucking weird interesting performance choice and it's memorable whereas like a lot of things i watch now it's more just well no one bugged me so that was good but at the same time i didn't really come away loving any of the characters i just sort of came away going like yeah like that was all right yeah i guess that's how i feel about ghostbusters afterlife the mom really pissed me off she was always <laughs> like hey you're my daughter and you're into science you're such a fucking idiot <laughs> what a nerd <laughs> she's so rude to her daughter the entire time and paul rudd obviously he gets a pass he's one of my man crushes like jacob gyllenhaal i didn't love the kids but i did like podcast the older brother he was just kind of there it's the same thing i wasn't in love with any of those characters i'm looking forward to the second one in a way like i like seeing the kids growing up a few more years in the way that i liked mighty ducks growing up every two or three years the mighty ducks would be on a new adventure in their lives now they're in middle school now they're in high school now they're almost in college now they're dead (laughs) (laughs) oh my god how old are we (laughs) the mighty ducks are all dead (laughs) and how did we outlive them when they were younger than us Man, TV life and film life, like, really ages a person. Drugs. What happened to Joshua Jackson? Well, he went on to do a little show called... You trying to say Dawson's Creek? I was trying to combine that with Fringe. <laughs> I was like, do I call it Dawson's Fringe? Well, look, we can probably talk more about... Let's, do, keep, let's keep talking about Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about Ghostbusters, but I want to... Uh, I want to listen to some music first, man. All right, man. I got it. <laughs> For you. <laughs> this is Kidburn and Max Cruz with dreams.
And that was Dreams by Kid Burn and Max Cruz. That's a cool song on today's Radio Fiasco with Mike and Andy. We're talking about the upcoming movies of 2024, and we got Ghostbusters Afterlife coming up. No, no, Frozen Empire. What'd I call it? Afterlife. Oh, Afterlife is the other one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so the, the mom's annoying. I feel like the movie tries to do comedy at the beginning. Mm. And I understand that Ghostbusters 84 does have dry comedy, but I feel like they were trying too hard to replicate the dryness. And the first like 20, 30 minutes of the movie is just like really boring. It gets going. It has a satisfying ending. Ghost Egon works for me. It all, it all kind of comes together. Yeah, like I think it's fine. I have a personal issue with casts of kids. That's just me. That's like, a, you know, I know that people like love Goonies and love movies like that. I personally don't. So I'm not a big fan of movies that center around like a bunch of wacky kids doing stuff. Like I would prefer adult Ghostbusters. So that's my my baggage that I'm taking to this because I like the idea of them doing hopefully anyways like the trailer seems to insinuate that this new one is doing like an original villain that's not like tied to Ghostbusters lore because I feel like you know when people make that criticism of these uh, nostalgic throwbacks like they rely too much on the the original source material yes you know like Han Solo shows up in Force Awakens and he's like wearing the same clothes and he's basically the same guy even though it's been like 80 years and he never washed them one time yeah, it's like there's no kind of character growth. He's still like flying the same ship. It just feels like, oh, we got to check these nostalgia boxes. Even though Ghostbusters Afterlife, I feel like w- works for me better than what they did with Star Wars. I still was taken out sometimes at like, oh, they're doing the fucking devil dog things. Like, okay. Oh, Gozer's in it? Like, okay. And there's parts where I just felt like, oh, it would have been nice if maybe they took this in a slightly different direction. Because it sort of makes it go like, wait a second, so this is what Gozer looks like? Like, I always thought that was just sort of a manifestation of Gozer, you know, like it's the 80s and she shows up looking like some weird ghostly, like, 80s fashion model thing with, like, the flat top and stuff. (laughs) Because the terror dog was watching MTV. Yeah, well, because it's the time when it was made, like, just but then when she shows up looking like that again, it's like, oh, it just sort of changes things and it's just there for the nostalgia value and with this new one I'm excited to see like them do an original thing I'm a huge fan of the cartoon so I like the idea of like villain of the week evil ghost showing up my only issue is it looks like there's just way too many characters like there's some shots there where there's like fucking 12 of them on screen like you know like with the outfits on I still think there's too many throwbacks to the first movie there's going to be a library scene from yeah. what I've seen on TV commercials. The exact same library ghost is still haunting the basement. Mm-hmm. The lions come alive from the first movie. They were just stone lions, but now they're part of the movie as like ghost characters or whatever. Yeah. I'm upset with origin stories that have to have the origin told in the exact same way four or five different times whenever something gets rebooted. Yeah. The origin of the original thing was brand new and these people created this whole brand new universe. Why can't you continue that method? Like, there's no happy medium. It's like you make a sequel that's like 30 years after the original, you kind of have to do weird recaps and stuff, but it feels like there's certain aspects where it's like, okay, you could get to the point on this thing quicker but then maybe spend a bit more time on this thing or you know the way you set up the new characters at least in Ghostbusters Afterlife they didn't shit on the original characters like that's like the one plus <laughs> you can give it and they also gave the old Ghostbusters uh man we're too old for this shit vibe I appreciate that yes but the problem is they really were I think I made the same point on our fucking lost episode but you know in Force Awakens there's that scene where you just wish it was Luke that showed up to save the day in the forest at the end you know you see the force is wiggling the light 
lightsaber and he flies across the screen. And so I like that Ghostbusters Afterlife did it. Like they did the thing where like there's a problem and all of a sudden the car shows up and the original Ghostbusters are there. And the problem is it's like that double-edged sword of happy they did that. I got to see it. And by seeing it, I realized maybe they shouldn't have done that because, <laughs> like, they're all so old. Like, Ernie Hudson looks the best out of them. According to Ray, he went into finance. <laughs> I've been saying that a lot in the past couple years just because Ray says finance yeah. for some reason. <laughs> Was that a character? Yeah, is that a character choice or is that just a... How Ackroyd says it? Yeah. <laughs> we might be getting the Ecto-2 helicopter vehicle from the cartoon. Mm. That's possible. That's exciting. What do you think about the a possibility of Slimer holding a proton pack and becoming part of the team. Well, I think we'll talk all about that after you play me a song. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And this is List, L-Y-S-T, with Advent of Sound.
right, and that was Advent of Sound by List. L-Y-S-T. That's a new one. I haven't heard that artist before, so that's cool. I like experiencing new things. They're one of the artists that I don't know if I could find a picture of them. You know, there's all these, like, faceless synthwave, just my artist picture is a sun. Yes. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. And you can't even figure out who or what the person is. Maybe they're a ghost. Maybe. That's right on brand because we're talking about Ghostbusters, the new movie coming out. I know, man. Although, there's a thing in the trailer which I find troubling. This is a problem I have a lot of modern movies where, like, they make the devastation so big that it just raises questions. I got the impression that the coldness is the opposite of what Ghostbusters 3 was going to be where Dan Aykroyd wanted it to be hell in New York. Right, so that I'm fine with, but you know the scene where there's just icicles just shooting out of the ground? Yeah. Now the implication is a lot of people are going to get impaled by those, but I feel like the movie will have them never hit anybody but if you just indiscriminately have spikes just coming out of the ground in a very populated city it just makes my brain it's the same issue i have with um the blip in the marvel universe oh here we go and the reason why i fucking hate it because all i think about is yes the consequences i know i know listen i i think the ice triangles coming out of the ground as a new yorker i think what about the subway trains and the foundations of buildings? Would buildings collapse and crumble because, like, all the steel infrastructure gets ripped through? And the thing is, I get it, you know, these are fantasy things or whatever, but I think things don't always have to be so big to make it seem serious. This is an issue I have with, like, Doctor Who does this a lot. Like, the, the more recent episodes, the ones that are, like, on Disney now, there's this one where this rocket ship is absorbing power from the ground. It caused these giant cracks to open up in the city with, like, lava underneath. Like, the fucking Earth is splitting, and it's going to blow up the Earth when the ship takes off. So there's all these cracks, huge fucking cracks in the ground, and then the Doctor at the end presses a button and reverses the ship, and then the cracks, like, heal themselves, and, like, shit like that pisses me off. Cracks heal thyself. Well, it's like... But it just bugs me because I'm just picturing, like, so did a whole bunch of people fall in that crack and die? Why does just turning the engine off of the spaceship cause the Earth to heal itself? Like, is time going backwards or whatever? And, like, I don't like when writers set themselves up with giant problems only to have a stupid solution be the answer. If you don't make the problem that big in the first place, then you don't need some dumb thing that doesn't make sense to solve it. You know, if Superman was flying backwards to (laughs) to go backwards in time, there's that tiny little frame where the Earth slows down enough to the point and then goes the other direction. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to that complete stop, everyone would be floating for a little bit, right? Because of the lack of gravity? Or would they be squished? Because <laughs> gravity makes people go outwards. That'd be a really shitty uh, end. Like, that that's the solution to the problem. Like, Superman's, I'll just go back in time that everyone on Earth becomes a fucking pancake. <laughs> Fuck! Guess I gotta find a new planet under this yellow sun. <laughs> time to go live on Mars. I'm gonna go apply as a newspaper reporter on Mars. <laughs> Alright, check it out. Listen, what do you think about Godzilla X Kong, the new empire, which is not frozen? I'm behind on these. Oh, really? Yeah, like I haven't watched the show, and I don't think I even watched the last one. The show is very frustrating. I would not recommend it to Godzilla fans. Frustrating in what way? The characters suck. The characters suck a lot. Okay. It's just, no one's likable. Does Godzilla talk in it? Yeah, he's smoking his pipe. He's like, <laughs> let me tell you about an adventure from a few years ago. And he opens a book. And then the camera flies into the book. Oh, and by the way, 
and then like fucking sprays that blue shit. <laughs> Does he still shoot blue shit? I might got a date with Godzilla. He, he used to shoot like blue fire. In the new one, he might be shooting pink shit. He's like neon. He's glowing neon. Oh, pink. wait, it fucking went woke? Fuck this. I don't want to <laughs> see no woke Godzilla fucking spraying pink shit everywhere. No good. It's synth Godzilla. God synthla. Ah, there you go. That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> Do you want to play me another song? Yeah, let's keep going. (laughs) This next song is Trevor Something, No Ordinary Love, which is a Sade cover. And Sade reminds me of uh, taking the CD player to the beach with my mom and my aunt, and my cousins would go there, and we'd get a bucket of fried chicken and drink Pepsi in the 90s. Pepsi, (laughs) the beyond synth choice. Is it? Actually, we just got some cans of this Pepsi Lime, which is pretty good, and we'll talk all about... No, we won't. We won't talk about that at all, but we will listen to this track. It's Trevor Something with... uh, Sade cover uh, with no ordinary love.
That was No Ordinary Love, a Trevor something cover of Sade, which brings back memories for Mike, who is here with me now. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. This is another one I'm behind on, but they are good movies. Did you watch any of the new three ones? First no. two. Trilogy? Trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that it did inspire such thrilling feelings uh, upon my soul. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I getting so literary? <laughs> it was, uh, I've only seen the first two, and they were good, and just the third one got swept up and just on my list territory of things I mean to watch, but I liked... I like them, and the new trailer looks cool, so I'm sure it'll be cool. I like that the apes are talking in full English. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the 70s TV show of the franchise, where it was kind of like Adventure of the Week. Oh no, our friend got caught by the other tribe, and we have to go get him back. They're back next week on Planet of the Apes. Like, it seems like it's just intertribal fun, and not like, we have to save the planet of the apes. I, w- I wonder um, if they'll ever get to the point where the maybe they do in this film. It seemed like it was sort of hinted at in the trailer that maybe they're gonna start getting some fucking technology. I want to see the one where like are we are we two sequels away from just the monkeys living like just people like just with suits and stuff like in cities. Oh like at the end of 2001 with Funky Bunch. <laughs> now now I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're doing a podcast for retro olds. I think everyone knows what I mean by when I say a funky bunch. Yes. God, I saw that movie in a theater. I did too. Remember how hot that was? The, what's the, I was going to say actress. What's that model that they cast in that movie? The blonde chick? Erica Christensen? No. No. What was her name? Erica Christensen was in Swim Fan. <laughs> what's her name? You know, fucking... Now we have to look this up. Hey, Chad GPT. I've seen, it's weird. I've seen people say, oh, I'm going to look for something. I asked ChatGPT for the answer instead of just going to Google to find it, which is very weird because ChatGPT for free is not connected to the internet. Notoriously bad. Estella Warren. Yes. Is that who you're talking about? This is right around the time. Remember Maxim? The magazine. I used to have that. Yeah, this was like prime Maxim time. And so like people like this, like where Stella Warren would be there and be like, hey, she was on the cover of Maxim. And that meant something. I remember getting PlayStation Underground or maybe PSM and uh, they had their annual swimsuit edition, but it was like hand drawn video game characters. This one from Final Fantasy X in a swimsuit and uh, Lara Croft bathing on the beach. <laughs> I'd be like 12 and I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> You know, there's still adults like that. <laughs> it's, it's a whole thing. I went back and looked at those particular issues, and they're not great. <laughs> like, it's not amazing illustration, but when you're, I guess, 13 through 14 kind of age, you're like, I'll take what I can get. The last thing that Stella Warren was in was in 2019's Undateable John, a slacker surf instructor who's on and off the wagon, gets his life together when he falls for a beautiful but troubled young woman he meets in Alcohol. Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. <laughs> Hey, man, you don't want to hear about Undateable John? <laughs> Let's do another track, and then we'll talk about Furiosa. Tom Arnold's in it. Oh, no. And so is Joan Jett. I like Tom Arnold in a couple of movies, like um, what True Lies. Mm-hmm. Well, he's amazing in True Lies. He is. Like, he is really good in that movie. He's also great in Little Giants with Wayne Selinsky. What's his name? <laughs> uh... Canadian went into retirement to take care of his kids. He was in Ghostbusters. He had glasses. Rick, Rick Moranis. Moranis. I, I wonder. That's yeah. that's the big question, honestly. That's all my wife cares about. Do you think Rick Moranis will be in it? Like, I don't think so. See, I don't think so either. He 
came out of retirement to be in a Mint commercial yes. for Mint Mobile. And to be punched on the street. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> because Ryan Rarels, mm. he's a fellow Canadian. So I think there's a Canadian aspect of why he came out. Yes. I would like to see a- him, Am I though? just being racist? <laughs> <laughs> Does that count? What does it mean if you're less xenophobic, right? Like if you just don't like people from other countries? Others. <laughs> Others. <laughs> One of my favorite songs from that, and it's in the pilot, it's called Hollywood and Vine. Somewhere somewhere on my computer, I have like the season three OST. I love playing the stingers that go to commercial. Cause they're like I always wanted to do. I'm talking about Lost for people who are lost. <laughs> yeah, we never even talked about. There's so many people like, wait, where do they go with this? <laughs> it's so frustrating when for people listening to the show for like two people who like get what each other's saying but don't say the thing out loud. <laughs> because I always want to do that as a skit because it was so funny to me of like ending things with like cliff like intense cliffhanger endings for not intense situations. You know, like just like we're out of milk. You know, because. Like lost the cliffhanger music for the commercials was like always so over the top epic as well as like the actual episode cliffhangers i still watch law and order and they do like go to commercial you know how tv shows like go to commercial sometimes a scene will change and i feel like every time a scene changes that has like a smart thing it's like whoa that's one ice cream that didn't melt (laughs) i want the intro to start like after every three or four scenes just because of that like quip thing that they always do i like the crimes they're solving now over there well that's one ice cream that didn't melt (laughs) (laughs) okay this next track is 2d cat always which is an erasure cover and i mentioned that i like this because adult swim had a flash game called robot unicorn attack that used always erasure erasure (laughs) (laughs) did you know that erasure did the music for lord of the rings okay 2d cat always (laughs) i'll kill you all right Yeah. 
And that was 2D Cat with the track Always, which is a cover of the track by Erasure, which is cool. <laughs> Neither of us can say it right. Well, whatever. I tried. <laughs> I did try. <laughs> anyway, what else is, uh, what other movies are coming? Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. Anna Taylor-Joy just has such a distinctive face because she's playing, obviously, the younger Charlize Theron character or whatever. So, yeah. How did she lose her arm? Well, she doesn't look like her. Like, she's a very, she just has a very particular look, this actress. And so when you see her with the same makeup, she just looks very different. She's got these big eyes, you know? You know what I thought? Tom Hardy looked nothing like Mel Gibson. Ugh. That's true. He didn't. And he should have. And I, I just, it turned me off the whole movie. I couldn't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know why. I think it's just because she's so distinctive looking. That's it. It's not just that she doesn't look the same. It's that she has a very different and distinctive look. Yeah. So it looks different with the makeup because she's she's got the same makeup on, like the, the black makeup like over her eyes and forehead. There's something about it where I'm just watching just going, like, I find it distracting, but maybe it'll be all right. I appreciate that all the shots from the movie seem like they're a sunset Michael Bay commercial. <laughs> they all just look so gorgeous. It does look a bit more CGI. Or at least gorgeous to my aesthetic that liked Michael Bay movies. <laughs> Do I have a problem with the way Michael Bay movies look it's more just the weird writing and like character directing and stuff like yeah although sometimes the oversaturated look does kind of take me out of it because it does feel like the movie is like buried beneath a ton of like contrast and saturation filters and stuff that's what I think about the island but I think it adds to bad boys too in the sense that it's basically like a hot Miami TV cop thriller movie. Mm -hmm. The music video commercial aesthetic works for that movie, especially all the swirling around. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. It's super fun. I like a good swirl. That's the difference when I watch action movies from like the 80s and 90s is there is just something that just feels more real about there's just less filters. And so it just feels like I'm watching the real film print, you know, like they captured this weird stunt and like I'm watching it like, dude, I was on Tubi watching Cynthia Rothrock movies <laughs> and just I want I wanted to watch like karate movies or whatever. And this is one she did. I guess she did a whole series of them with uh, Michelle Yeoh where they're like uh, cops and they're filmed like they're in Hong Kong. So they they're dubbed. And so Cynthia Rothrock's voice is dubbed to sound British or something. I think they say she's from Scotland Yard. But there's a fight scene at the end where like multiple times I was like out loud just like ooh like because it looked like the stuntmen were fucking hurting themselves like pretty bad like just like (laughs) flipping and just you see their backs like land on like the corners of tables and things and you're just like oh my god like that had to hurt so bad and to their credit like Cynthia Rothrock and Michelle Yeoh like they're doing a lot of their own stunts like there's a few times where they fall downstairs where it's like a guy like wearing a little wig to look like them but for the most part like there's a scene where fucking Michelle Yeoh like comes smashing through this fucking glass upside down and grabs these dudes by the legs and it's her like she's doing it and fucking Cynthia Rothrock cool. like, hanging from this fucking chandelier and like doing flips and stuff like they are fun to watch that's why I like the Jackie Chan movies because you know it's him doing it yeah and it's real like I feel like even if you saw those movies now and people doing the same stunts but it was buried under all these filters and all this other stuff that you would just get this feeling like even the things that are real feel fake like that's how I feel about Transformers you know the robots you know are CGI but there are scenes where the cameras like swirling around Megan Fox's ass and you just go like is her face like airbrushed like everything just feels airbrushed even though that scene might just be completely in camera shot here's Megan Fox's ass but once you see all this fucking contrast and saturation it does feel like there's touch-ups happening and so it just feels phony yeah I feel like a lot of that is in camera I mean there's definitely post going on but a lot of it is super crazy lighting 
like mirrors and <clears throat> halogens all over the set and it's daytime <laughs> yes <laughs> but there's still like 40 different trucks with cameras pointing at the subject and it's not i'm like i'm not against creative lighting or whatever it's just that i don't know it just it sort of takes me out of it like when i watch like terminator 2 as an example you know like when they're the outdoor chases it just looks normal like it's just shot on film and yes like when they get to the molten metal factory at the end then it's a lot of like blue lighting with like the red highlights and stuff and it's like more stylized but it still feels real it doesn't feel like super overly processed well because it wouldn't have been because it was fucking 1991 or whatever but you know what else feels real what the next track nice (laughs) (laughs) the next track which is a real track and not a fake ghost track is sid storm sid storm by lukash was Lukash with the track Sid Storm. And we are back on Mike and Andy's Radio Fiasco. We're talking about the movies of 2024. Mike just took a break and told me he wanted desperately to talk about the American Society of Magical Negroes. Is that correct? 
Um, otherwise titled The Crow. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was the working title for The Crow, so no one would take pictures of Bill Skarsgård on set. <laughs> oh, that's right. Why are they doing that? I don't know. Have you seen anything about it? Like, is there even a trailer for it? I know it's happening. The Crow reboot? Yeah. It's got a uh, clown man from It. I personally love The Crow, but it's a very unique movie. It's got a unique style and direction or whatever. I get that it's a comic book, so you could readapt it. It's got a whole bunch of shitty sequels. But I don't know, like when a movie just has such a unique kind of vibe, it's just weird to be like, we're doing The Crow again. And it's like, I, I will be shocked if I like it put it that way i understand what you're saying i don't know why but the example in my head was like if they were making a new version of boz lerman's romeo and juliet yeah exactly because it's sort of like this movie stands on its own because of its style whether you like it or don't it's this unique thing it's like we were talking about with roadhouse i like vigilante justice i like coming back from the dead and getting revenge these are all things i like but just why not instead of the crow just something else and then you don't have the baggage of being connected to a movie that's beloved for people like just it could just be another thing and then that's all you fucking fell on an orb a magical orb <laughs> dr strange was doing a spell yeah, and yeah. the kid was messing <laughs> it up i feel similarly about men in black which was a comic first if i'm remembering correctly if they were gonna redo men in black they would probably try to make it like the sony men in blacks instead of just making their own new version of what the comic book was. Right. See, that's another thing too, because then you run into the risk of being Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield, where it's like, we're going to retell it, but we're doing it in the lens of trying to not be associated with the other Spider-Man, so we're going to purposefully do things different, and it's tough when the first one did it better. Like, I always think about that. Like, I think, like, the Sam Raimi, the first Spider-Man movie, like, the origin story part of that film, it's close enough to the comics, and it's pretty well done, pacing and everything. And so, to go, like, we're not going to do it that way, it's like, but they sort of did it. Like, either don't do it at all, but then, then you get that weird thing what they do with the, um, with the new Spider-Mans, where they don't talk about the origin at all. Which is weird. <laughs> Which I'm kind of happy about. I'm tired of seeing Spider-Man's origin at this point. The solution is just either condense it down to like a fucking one minute flashback just so we understand in this universe what actually happened. Because that's the thing with the Tom Holland one is it's still unclear what happened exactly because he seems to get his great power comes with great responsibility fucking lesson from Aunt May when she died. Which means technically in this universe he didn't get it from Uncle Uncle Ben, which means I know less about his origin, like, because they, they changed his origin, and they also didn't show it. I think that's the thing. They could have just shown, a, like, a one-minute flashback. Did he get it in a lab, or is it closer to the Andrew Garfield one, or is there some fucking technology? Yeah, it was the exact... When he got bit in the lab on the school trip, Uncle Ben died right there. Yeah. It, it all happened in the same room. <laughs> well, it's like uh, the fucking Indiana Jones, the third one. Uh, uh, crusade. Crusade. Last Crusade, right? Where it's just like, hey, what if uh, in one afternoon, Indiana Jones got all of his character traits? <laughs> in the same stunt sequence. Yes. It's like, oh, this is how he uh, learned to use a whip and got the cut on his chin and got the hat and got the fear of snakes and the touch of adventure and all this shit. It's like, <laughs> it was this one fateful afternoon which defined his entire adult life. I do love that movie so much, and I love it partially because of that nonsense. It is a fun film. I still, I think that beginning is silly. Yeah. But it's a fun movie. Bad Boys 4. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. Did you care for the 
other ones. Did you see part three? I have not seen three. It looked really terrible and digital, like the way that Michael Mann's um, Miami Vice looked. Mm. Remember in 2003 when all the movies were like, we're going to shoot everything on digital, but it looks terrible because we're blowing it up and we're shooting everything at night. Yes. All the oranges look weird and awful. It has that weird aesthetic, which sucks because Michael Bay would never let that happen. Mm. He's my dad. I <laughs> For some reason, for the rest of time, I will always think of Michael Bay walking off stage on that press conference. Did you ever see that clip? I don't think I have. I think it was either for Sony or Samsung where they're talking about their new TVs and like their guest speaker to come out. And you know, like when they just get in a celebrity to come out and like say nonsense, like when Keanu Reeves came out to introduce cyberpunk for like two minutes and leave kind of thing. Yeah. So it's like that Michael Bay is supposed to come out and talk about the high definition TVs and how they're revolutionary. And he sort of walks out and gets stage fright. And so he walks out and he's like... Yeah, no, and then just walks off, <laughs> and then the guy's still on stage, like, oh, okay, and then he just sort of continues the press conference. You're breathtaking. What? Keanu said that on the stage, remember? He was like, a fan was like, you're breathtaking, Keanu! <laughs> and he points to the fan, and he's like, you're breathtaking, fan Man, Keanu Reeves a cool guy. I heard that he, um, I heard that he killed a guy. Yeah. <laughs> And he's not so cool after all. Play me another song. <laughs> he was drunk driving with Jennifer Grey in Italy and he uh, killed a guy. I'm just trying to do the Matthew Broderick reference. Listen, the next track <laughs> is The New Division Falling. It's a vocal track and it's vocal in my heart. What? Ha 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 ha.
right, and that was The New Division with Falling. Now's a cool track, and we're back with uh, Mike and Andy's Radio Fiasco. Yeah. Talking about the movies of 2024 while listening to cool music from the Retro Power chart, which you can they find it? They can find it on Spotify. Go find Retro Power. It's got a little lightning bolt in the title because emojis are fun. Yes, and this is all uh, the hits curated from... Why do I keep saying that? It's the most brandest, newest tracks, just like the way the Billboard chart works. And then it's all numerically ordered. Part of the reason is, if I put this out, other artists will be like, how come I'm not on the chart? And then think of better, cooler ways to market themselves. And hopefully, if we're all marketing ourselves, the rising tide of Synthwave lifts us all out of the basement and into the limelight. I should have said that at the top of the show. That was kind of cool, huh? So do you have any interest in Bad Boys 4? Um... Do you think they're going to make a joke about the slap? (laughs) I hope so, now that you say that. I do really love Bad Boys 1 and 2. They are really, really big parts of my heart. I like the bad guy from part 2. It's like a video game, Johnny Tapia. He's like, and these fucking ratones fucking eating my money and having sex in my (laughs) attic. And he tells the guy, he's like, listen, it's a stupid fucking problem to have. Which is a great line for a bad guy who speaks... Spanish to say in English with an accent. Yes. It's a crazy movie. It's nonsense, but it's fun nonsense. There's a bit of homophobia that happens in the movie about like, you boys need God when like they think they're talking about the two of them having sex, but it's the nerd at the video store tries to plug it in, but it goes to all the TVs and the black mom is like, oh, my boy can't hear this. Mm Mm-hmm. Two men. Uh -uh." (laughs) Uh-uh. It's just one of those things we just have to accept, like just movies from that time. Yeah. It's also very... That's how Michael Bay's comedy works. He doesn't really do comedy that well. No. If you watch any of the Transformers movies, the, <laughs> no. the comedic moments are just, they're they are hard to take. It's not just that they're bad, it's that they're weird, too. Like, it makes me think, like, is this guy just secretly just a weirdo? Because the things he finds funny, it's not like just that comedy didn't land. It's like, why is Anthony Anderson eating all these donuts? Like, this is a comedy moment? Like, what is this? Like, I don't know, like, why in it's the It's such of- a stupid line that I say all the time when I finish my dinner and I do clean my plate. I'm like, look, I ate the whole plate. That means I'm not guilty. <laughs> it's weird. It's it's very strange to me. But I don't know. I, I'm trying to think what I am actually excited about. Uh, Deadpool and Wolverine. I think that looks fun. Mm-hmm. We can talk about Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. You know what? Why don't we say that this is the first half of 2024, and then we can do the second half in the next show. Well, we still got time. Well, I don't have that much time. Remember, I have a hard out. I have a hard on. And we are just about finished with June, I think. And then July is Beverly Hills Cop. Are you looking forward to Anna de de Armas seeking vengeance for the murder of her family in Ballerina? (laughs) June 7th. Is that a sequel to anything? Did she have a character in the John Wick movies? Oh, yeah. That's from Jean Wick. Yeah. How about this? Well, play me one more song and then we'll fucking uh, wrap up. All right. So here, towards the end of our radio fiasco, which seems to be going rather well, the next and last track is Still in Love by At1980 and Josh Daly 83 <laughs> <laughs>
Maiden, that was Still in Love by At1980 and Josh Daly. Ass, and this is the radio fiasco. Ass. My- <laughs> just said ass. Did I? What happened? You just said ass. Well, <laughs> look, this has been Mike and Andy's radio fiasco. We listened to cool music from the Retro Power chart, and uh, we talked about movies from 2024, the upcoming slate. What do we use? So what we'll talk about next time? We've got Beverly Hills Cop 4. Did you like A Quiet Place? I mean, that's no, it's not like retro or anything, but I like The Quiet Place. We got Twisters. Mm-hmm. We can talk about Deadpool and W. Vereen. Is that a good way to shorten it? No. What about Borderlands? Is that applicable? Yeah, I just saw the trailer for that. I have to watch it. That's a series of games where it's like, I like a lot of what's going on, and it does have a good sense of humor, but I'm not as in love with it as some people seem to be. Like, some people just fucking like, love that universe. Like, it's so funny and all this, and yeah. certain things just don't tickle you the way I wasn't, um... I never, like, got into it. I totally missed the Borderlands thing. But you can play split screen and stuff. Uh, Alien, Romulus, and then, like you said, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Craven the Hunter, Transformers 1, which is like a Gen 1 animated movie. What are they doing? Sony sucks. Okay, every time Sony makes one of these fucking Marvel movies, they're horrible. <laughs> what are the odds that this Craven the Hunter is going to be anything but also terrible? We can talk about Wolfman, uh, the Universal Monsters verse, which, well, it's not the verse anymore. We got Joker 2. Joker. Jutalor. The Joker. There's another Venom coming out? What? Venom Part 3. Gladiator 2. Moana 2. Wicked, an adaptation, and another Karate Kid. Oh, and Lord of the Rings, the animated movie. There's a lot to talk about next time around. Oh, and Sonic 3. That's this year? Yeah, Sonic is like a Christmas movie for this year. That's interesting, because isn't like the Knuckles series out soon i saw an ad for it yeah actually when we went to go see sonic 2 in theaters i hadn't really played all the extra games that came out there's like 400 sonic games (laughs) at the end of the movie they tease this black and red version of knuckles and i was like who the hell is this guy and that shadow every single four-year-old in the movie theater was like shadow And my wife and I were like, okay, I guess we're officially too old for knowing <laughs> the rest of the Sonic lore. Yeah, that's where I'm at, too. It's like, I like Sonic 3, kind of, but I mean, mostly I'm all about Sonic 1 and 2. Right. And so all these new things in the cartoons, like I know they'll bring in like, there's like a pink girl one, right? Who's like a something and like they're in all the new games, but like, I don't know their names. Knuckleina. Is that what they're called? I don't know. Knuckleina. Hold on. Just a girl version of Knuckles. I'll tell you right now. Well, it will end on actually knowing something. Sonic the Hedgehog characters. S Chat GPT. Amy Rose is a pink thing. And then there's Rouge the Bat, Shadow the Hedgehog, who's just like a black Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Silver the Hedgehog. Who? Fuck this. Okay, this is the same thing, too, that pisses me off. It's like Pokemon Verdant and Pokemon Cerulean. Like, there's all these different versions of, like, just red and blue and green. At least they call him Robotnik. That's the one thing I can't handle, like, when I see... When they started calling him Eggman in the English versions. Ben Schwartz does say Eggman in one of the movies. He's like, hey, Eggman, which I appreciate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, listen, you have a lovely day. Have a lovely week. Uh, Thank you all for listening to the show. Did you um, tell me to have a lovely day or the fans? Uh, No, that's for you. I feel a little left out. There are no fans. (laughs) (laughs) I refuse to... Just people who happen to listen to this by accident. I I have always felt apprehensive about referring to them as fans. I think it's more just people who listen. I think that's... 
where I'm at. All right. Well, bye-bye to the people who listen. Mm-hmm. Thank you for who listening to it. Go watch all the extra Jackie Chan movies that you can. Yeah, there's a bunch of shit on Tubi. But uh, what pisses me off about Tubi is sometimes there'll be a movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to watch this one. It turns out to be the fucking Riff Tracks version. <laughs> It's like, fuck you. Like, I just want the film. I recently just found, it said, Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. Mm. Is it, like, just clips from the human segments just stitched together? I have to watch it. There's a possibility I'll be disappointed. Oh, yeah, it's, it's very high. I I might be one of the few nerds in the world who, like, I I just don't I don't care about Mystery Science Theater at all. Like, I, I appreciate it exists. I know people Aww. like it. It's just... You like Joel and Mike... And crawl because it's scripted because they write them right. and it just doesn't feel as like there's something funnier to me about like if people just recorded an off the cuff. I've gone to a few versions of that live and it's kind of awkward to hear comics just trying to come up with something on the fly. No, I'm just, like I'm not saying I, it's- I appreciate the scripted version because it's like The Simpsons. It's just joke, 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 and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I I, I think it just it just personally doesn't quite work for me. Yeah, and I remember I, I saw some of the netflix ones and what bugged me was oh, the newer ones yeah it almost felt like out of sync because it felt like they were doing jokes before the thing on screen was happening and it just felt like oh you're not responding to what you're looking at it's like you're you're doing the joke because it was written and it just the timing was weird yeah listen man we gotta go i'm not gonna end on this all right man listen your homework is to watch the new godzilla movies because they're outrageous and they're fun all right all right <laughs> all right <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, you be cool and come back with more cool songs for us to listen to next time on the Radio Fiasco. And I'm Andy, and that is... How it goes. How it went? I think I wanted you to say, like, and I'm Mike. Oh. Shall I describe it to you? Or shall I go get you a box? Lord of the Rings. Okay, we did it. Okay. All right, I'm going to hit stop. What do I do? Beyond Synth Radio is produced by Andy Last. Check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by listeners like you. Consider supporting Beyond Synth at patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Thanks for listening.